Hello everyone and welcome to another film review, or rather movie review as it is shown in the title of this entry. Uh, it is for the quote-unquote live-action Lion King directed by the brilliant John Favreau. Uh, and I earlier this week I reviewed the original 1994 Lion King as part of my new retro film review. Uh, category that's on here for the Men in Tights podcast. You can check that out in the archives. Um, but I'm going to be talking about the new film. Now, I saw it uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, I took my mother to go see it because I'm a good little son. <laughs> um, because she loved the original Lion King film, uh, particularly for James Earl Jones and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Of course, James Earl Jones returned for this one as Mufasa, uh, and I don't remember the name of the kid who does the voice, like J.D. McCray or something like that. Um, yeah, but before I get into the specifics of the film itself, I, I am going to say that there are, I mean, I am going to be giving spoilers kind of mean you know it's seen the thumbnail i put quotation marks around spoilers because this film is pretty much shot for shot a remake of the original 1994 film with a few things tweaked slightly here and there you know because of course you know they if they do 100 percent you know beat by beat shot for shot you know remake then it's this you might as well just watch the original version you know so of course they were going to change a few things for this one now uh, but I'm gonna start off by saying that I actually liked it uh, quite a bit uh, when I went in there and I bought my ticket the guy behind the counter as I was getting my popcorn and drink he asked what movie I was gonna go see and told them we were gonna go see The Lion King and he said don't listen to the critics it's much better than they're saying and, and I'll say he was right I I did enjoy it more than what the, how the critics described it but that's because I've always I've always been the type to ignore what the critics say and go into every movie that I see with an open mind. And for the most part, every movie that I do go see in the theater or if I watch it for the first time at home through like pay-per-view or on-demand or Netflix or whatever, I go in with an open mind and whether the movie is good or bad, I always find something about it that I like. Like even the worst movies that I've ever seen, I can still find at least one or two things that makes it somewhat redeemable for me. You know, a good example, like Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Batman Forever, I mean, yeah, much better than Batman and Robin, but like, before like Batman and Robin, most people will generally agree it's a shit Batman movie. Sorry for the profanity, I'm, you know, trying to cut down on it for, them, for some of these reviews, especially since this is a Disney film review. But we can agree it's not that, it's not a good movie. But, I can still find elements of it that I enjoyed, particularly Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy, and I will talk about that on another uh, film review or other podcast-ish entry that I decide to do later on. But yeah, The Lion King 2019. Um, I will say the animation with the you know, CGI effects on the animals was much better than how than what some of the people were describing it as in <clears throat> uh, some of their film reviews that I've seen from critics and people on Twitter especially uh, how they they like that the, that there's no emotion in the faces of the animals um, some 
moments, yeah, I can see that. But for the most part, I I could see some slight emotion, especially because, you know, as someone who ha who's had two cats for the last, well, one of them, one for six years, the other one for three, um, they don't always have the most emotional expressions on their faces. Um, most of the time, the expressions that they give me is either a sleepiness or a, a wide-eyed look. You know, and that's pretty much it. Um, but to me, the, they did a very good job, especially when they do like the close-ups of their faces. They did look like real animals. Uh, especially, especially, especially with the lions, because I feel like they focus more on the lions since they are the focal point of the story. Um, particularly in the, in the intro... Uh, you know, the, again, the classic Lion King intro, uh, where they introduce baby Simba to the, to the pride, and to the kingdom in Pride Land, uh, and who, and he was adorable, and he did the, the little sneeze that, uh, I, I, it was just, it melted my heart, it was so cute, and, and yeah, I, I will admit, I did get a little teary-eyed when it, when the intro, you know, montage started, because, as I said in my retro film review, The Lion King animated 1994 film is my all-time favorite Disney movie. So, getting to watch this version of it, like, yeah, there were a lot of moments where I did get teary-eyed uh, for nostalgia reasons and also because just, you know, knowing the story as well as I know it, like the certain aspects, you know, that I knew were going to be happening, the certain moments that I knew were coming up, you know, my emotions just you know, would just get the best of me, you know? Uh, but yeah, the little baby Simba, uh, was very cute. Uh, and then even, like, when he's, like, like little toddler age, uh, and he's getting to talk, and he's, he's, he's adorable. Like, when he's waking up, uh, Mufasa, uh, to, you know, patrol the, the, the land, that he jumps on him, and it falls over, like a real cat would. <laughs> uh... And let's see who else? Uh, Chid Chidwell. I, I never know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, he wasn't. He's the, the the one who was the lead in Twelve Years a Slave. Him, as the voice of Scar. I felt he did a very very good job. A very good job. However, I was disappointed that the performance of Be Prepared. I mean, because I already heard the soundtrack, so I knew what was coming. But it's just. Because it, it was my favorite song in the original film, the original film, I was really looking forward to seeing it in here. But just <sighs> that is one of my biggest disappointments with it. Like I really wanted to see, you know, that awesome performance. But I understand that they had to change it because you know they, they didn't want to get a lot of flack from the audience or critics because of how the and remember the animated one, the hyenas do the Nazi march. They do. The animators admitted as, as, as that it was from the Nazis. Uh, so doing if they did it with the in the live action form, they would have gotten a lot, a lot, a lot of backlash for that. Uh, because the times that we live in now, that kind of stuff does not fly at all. You know, even in the slightest. Uh, and but I enjoyed his performance as Scar and James Earl Jones as Mufasa. I mean, I enjoyed it, of course, because it's, you know, it's James Earl Jones. You know, he, he's awesome. He has greatest voice in Hollywood. Um, and it's, in some moments, it felt like his like his performance just didn't have as much heart as the original film did. 
Not saying he didn't have any heart, but just certain moments of dialogue where it felt it just felt like it, you know? And anyone who's seen it already will understand what I'm talking about. Um, now, like I said, about certain parts of the movie that they changed slightly. Um, like when uh, Simba and Nala, after singing Can't Wait to Be King, they go to the elephant graveyard. Uh, in the animated one, it's like he's confronted by the hyenas, yes. Um, but then, like, he just, nothing, he did, he, get, he confronts them. Uh, and then Mufasa shows up and rescues them. In this version, it's more than just the three hyenas. It's like a whole flock of, of hyenas. I don't know if flock would be the right term, since they are of the canine, you know, fa animal fa family. But yeah, uh, it was Keegan-Michael Key as one of the uh, hyenas, and uh, Eric Andre as another one, and I don't remember who the lead female hyena's voice was. I don't remember. Uh, I'll have to look it up later. I'm too lazy to do it right now, but anyways. Uh, in this version, um, yeah, Simba, you know, he has the moment where he, you know, does the cute little roar, um, and, and then they make fun of it. But before that, they actually chase him and Nala around the, the little elephant graveyard. And they, like, start digging holes because he's, he's like, just, you know, trying to escape through little, little, like, d dugout tunnels. And, you know, which the, uh, they did not have in the animated version. Um, and then, of course, you know, Mufasa comes in for the rescue, and then they, they leave, uh, and then they have the, you know, their moment, you know, when, you know, Simba's all, you know, we're pals, right, and we're always gonna be together forever, right? And then they cut to, that's when they cut to Scar with the hyenas, and the animated one, Scar is already friends with the hyenas, and this one, he becomes friends with them. And then when he does the Be Prepared, you know, montage. Which, again, I really wish they would have done it like the original song. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then the scene, you know, the stampede scene in the gorge when Mufasa dies. Again, one of the moments that I already felt like my, you know, like I was going to start crying already because I knew that that was the moment. You know, the, excuse me, the big moment of the film. Oh, I gotta take a drink, sorry. Um, you know, the, the, the big emotional moment that everyone remembers most. That everyone, back in 1994, cried their eyes out. Uh, and I, even in the theater where I was, I can hear a couple of, a couple of people a few seats down, you know, get, getting emotional before it even happened. Uh, and these were like, you know, fully grown men, you know, marines even, because I, I live in a marine town. So, you know, a decent chunk of the audience in my theater were marines. So hearing a bunch of big, tough marines cry for this little movie, I don't know, it's kind of funny to me, but anyways. Um, uh, it was, it did, it, it was pretty emotional. Uh, it was, it was. But, um, I don't know if it had exactly as much impact as the original film did. Uh, but I still, again, I still cried because, as I've talked about before, you know, with my dad passing away seven years ago, films like this just trigger that emotion in me, like, times a million now. So, yeah, I cried for that. 
especially because again, little little Simba, little baby Simba, so damn cute. Ugh, I want a little lion cub, but I know I can't have one. Even if I, even if I had the, uh, you know, a nice big home with a big yard and money to afford such a thing, you know, I can't have that because you know. I don't know, but then again, you know, Timon and Pumbaa, you know, they, they, they you know, adopted Simba as one of their own, so yeah, there's that. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's another one that was slightly changed, also, that, because uh, in the animated one, it's just Timon, Pumbaa, and then Simba, and they become a trio, but in here, Timon and Pumbaa, when, Timon and Pumbaa, when rather, they take him back to, you know, their home, you know, whatever it is, and there's a whole bunch of animals there, along with them. You know, it's not just Timon and Pumbaa by themselves. There's a whole, like, you know, I guess, like, you know, cast of, out, of you know, like, outsiders or whatever. You know, pe animals that are typically eaten by lions, you know? And, yeah, it's like, it's a whole community. That's the right word, community. It's a community of, of outcasts or whatever. Um, and, you know, they all, you know, initiate Simba into their community. They adopt him as one of their own. And we get the Hakuna, Hakuna Matata montage. Um, and that was fun. Um, yeah, and and yeah, I, I like Donald Glover as uh, grown-up Simba. Because, you know, I've always been a fan of him as a as a stand-up comedian, as a, as a music singer, rapper, whatever you want to categorize him as. Um... And, you know, he's a very good actor as well. Uh, well, at least in the movies that I've seen him in, he's very, I feel he is a very good actor. And and I did enjoy Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen as Timon and Pumbaa. I mean, of course, you know, nothing compares to Nathan Lane and, God, I can't remember his name. Something with an S. It's a very Italian-sounding kind of name. But yeah, you know, nothing can beat them. But Billy Eichner and, and Seth Rogen, they were they were fun. I enjoyed it. Um, uh, but but Beyonce as grown up Nala. Mm. <sighs> and I had this I had this same conversation with my mom about it. Um, the way Beyonce performed in The Lion King as grown up Nala. The way I could, the best way I could describe it is there's a difference between saying the lines and reading the lines and to me beyonce's dialogue she's just reading the lines now what i mean by that is like when i say saying the lines i mean like like you're just saying it and it's natural you know like you, you believe what they're saying and reading the, the dialogue is just they're just looking at the paper and reading and that's how her how she sounded to me in a lot of the scenes the scenes <clears throat> especially that one clip or two clips rather that i saw before the movie came out where she said seeing you again you don't know what this will mean for everybody and then another one where she's like oh, are you with me lions yeah i mean just to me beyonce should just stick with music with just with her music career because she has never been a good actress. She, she was, she was eh at most in Awesome Powers Goldfinger. She was decent enough in, in uh, and um, <clears throat> Dreamgirls. Sorry, uh, but every other movie she's done, no, no, God, no, no, um, no. 
Yeah, but I know if, you know, if I posted that on Twitter and tagged Beyonce on it, put, you know, hashtag Beyonce or whatever, saying that I thought her, that she was, that I didn't say that I did not like her as grown-up Nala, I would be attacked by, uh, by the beehive. Because like, I've seen a lot of other people on being attacked for it, saying, where the Beyonce fans would attack them, saying, oh, yeah, shut up, she was, she was, she's literally perfect for the role. Nobody is literally perfect, because there's always somebody who can do it better. Even my favorite actors. There's always a chance that somebody could do one of their best performances better. Although, then again, you know, Tom Hanks is my favorite actor, and a lot of his roles, don't think anyone else could pull it off like he did. But, you know, that's, that's besides the point that I'm trying to make here. Just, to me, Beyonce just was not a good fit as Nala at all. I did enjoy her, 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 her version of "Can You Feel the Love Tonight" with uh, with Donald Glover, and you know. But besides that, I would have been happier without her, you know. And uh, it's just, you know, I know, you know, it's not getting a lot of great reviews, you know, from the critics, and some about half the audience is divided on how they feel about it. But I mean, I enjoyed it, you know. Is it the best of the live-action remakes that Disney has done? No. To me, to, to me, their best one has so far has been, you know, the tie between Jungle Book and Beauty and the Beast. Uh, for me, at least. I mean, Dumbo, you know, I, I, I enjoyed parts of it. Aladdin surprised me. Uh, Cinderella from 2015 with, uh, with, um, <clears throat> God, God damn, Kate Blanchett. God, yeah, how, how, I don't know how, I, how her name slipped my mind, because she's one of my favorite actresses. I enjoy that very much as well, but for me, I guess I would I would say maybe like Dumbo is at the bottom, then uh, Aladdin, and then maybe The Lion King, and then the rest of them uh, in whatever order after that, uh, with you know Beauty and the Beast and Jungle Book somewhere at the top. Like, but if I had to give this a score, you know, one to ten, I would say seven and a half. You know, what could what I think could have maybe maybe made it better is, <clears throat> excuse me, um, maybe a different actress as Nala would have been fine. Um, uh, maybe maybe if they if they had done the the full original version of Be Prepared, I probably would have given this a higher score. Uh, honestly, now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever given a score to any of my movie reviews. This might be the first one. Huh. Oh. But yeah, I probably would have enjoyed it more if it had, if, if, if it had those two little things. Um. Uh, but, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, and, and if anything I said on here was too much of a spoiler for you, sorry. Um, but if you haven't seen it yet, and you do still plan on seeing it, Go right ahead, go with it, be open-minded, form your own thought and opinion on this film. You, know, you, can take, you can take what I say into consideration, you can take critics' reviews into consideration, but don't take it as, that's definitely what it is. Go into it with your own, with, without any, expecting anything. I mean, because it was, it, it was never going to be better than the 1994 original version. And that was never a doubt in my mind that it was ever, it was never gonna be it was never gonna beat that. There's no way. 
You know, because when when the night when that when that one when the original one came out, it was like a lightning in a bottle kind of situation. You know, it was it came at just the right moment, and it was you know, and it's still one of the best films that Disney has ever produced. And again, it is my all-time favorite. And from a lot of people I talk to who love Disney movies, it is their favorite Disney film as well. Uh, and I know they they got more of those you know live action remakes coming out. Uh, they got Mulan coming out next year, and they've you know just recently started announcing casting news for the live action remake of Little Mermaid uh, with that Haley uh, girl from the Chloe and Haley uh, musical musical group and uh, acting team. Um, that uh, Javier Bardem is in talks to be King Triton, and I've seen a lot of people complaining about that, saying like, oh, Idris Elba is literally right there. Like, well, we don't know what Ariel's mom looked like. We never saw her, the mom in the animated one, so what would, why was it so wrong to have a, Spanner, a Spaniard playing King Triton? I mean, one, Javier Bardem is a phenomenal actor. Uh, and he has that he has a great intimidating voice that works that'll work well as King Triton if he's officially cast because I haven't seen any confirmation yet just that he's been in talks with Disney to do that you know because he's worked with Disney before he was in the last parts of the Caribbean movie so so he he, he has he has a, a, a good relationship with Disney so if he's cast as King Triton cool I'm I'm happy to see that. I love it when 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 more Spanish actors and Hispanic actors, Latino actors, whatever you want to call them, you know, get cast in these big movies like that. You know, you know like Jimmy Smith, Diego Luna, and and Benicio del Toro being cast in Star Wars movies. I love that. Um, uh, but yeah, you know. They're, they're gonna keep on doing these live-action remakes. I know there's people who love them, there's people who hate them, people who think that they should never remake these, think that they're so pointless. Uh, I get that, that's fine. But the existence of these remakes does not stop you from seeing the original versions. It doesn't, it doesn't stop those films. These new ones, these new versions existing does not mean that you can't still love those original versions. You know, you can still love those. Those, if the, the, those are the fil the classic films of your childhood. They will always be the classic films of your childhood. These ones coming out will be the classic films of other kids' childhood. You know, other child's childhoods. You know, probably not even saying that correctly, but it, but still, you, you get what I'm trying to say. I, or at least I hope you do. <sighs> uh, but yeah, that is my review for the 2019 Lion King film. Um, I uh, will be back later this week with my special episode 50 podcast, where I'll be recapping a lot of the stuff that has come out of San Diego Comic-Con 2019, and there's a lot of stuff that I'm going to be talking about on there. Um, so I hope you will check that out, and again, check out my retro film review for the 1984 Lion King. Uh, and I will have more of those retro film reviews coming out in the future. I have one that I'm actually trying to see if I can get it out th this week or next week at the latest. Uh, and I'll let you guys know what film that is. Just follow me on Twitter, at IamFositude, uh, for any updates for that kind of stuff. And remember to subscribe to the Manitized Podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, CastBox, YouTube, uh... And my name is Julian, and 
I will see you next time.